0: Hello, you're listening to the Devils in Details podcast from Business Insider Australia. I'm Paul Colgan, and I'm here for the last time with David Scott. Yes,
1: you are. It's a sad day, but uh, let's go push on and have a great show.
0: That's right. It's the end of something for me, but it's not goodbye. Uh, And our guest, being completely honest about this uh, in terms of thinking about the last show, was uh, delighted to be able to think about going back to uh, the comfort zone, back to also to, to the origins of the show, James Whelan, who was the guest on the number two episode of Devils and Details. This is number, I think, 98 or 99. We're
2: not going to qu- quite crack the ton, um, but James, welcome back in the show. It's great to be here. Well, what, imagine what started as, as you and me in the pub thinking it would be great to have a show that made finance achievable, that made economics and all of this confusing business relevant and interesting and sometimes funny. Um, with a mixture of people, that, uh, that that it would become what it is, and it's close enough to 100 ground up in this business. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, well done. Yeah, and oh, it's thanks. great to be here. It is great to be here. Thanks. Um, uh, um,
0: it's been it's been a stack of fun, and um, one of the things uh, that I think uh, is probably for for a long time listeners of the show uh, who listen to uh, David Scott's incredible grasp of detail, and you might ask him any question you know just out of curiosity why is this you know particular asset at this level and he'll give you uh, five reasons and he'll chuck three numbers in there that are to two two decimal points uh, so because our
1: editor rick is sensational to be able to cut the uh, the appropriate timing of the other uh, podcast and insert my uh, prepared remarks in yeah, yeah that's really right.
2: so we just start we start with the thing where i just say so the uh, yen against the norwegian krona dave and then we just cut and he just inserts his things Yeah, that's right. Jeez,
1: oil (laughs) prices have been pretty strong recently. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. see? Um, But,
2: uh, so we will actually try
0: that in a second. Um, So one of the things about uh, particularly this show, uh, we are doing it with no notes. Uh, I always have notes, so I'm always very well prepared for these things. But I thought, you know, last time, let's do it, no safety net. Um, But the thing about David is, he does all of this every single week without any notes? Yeah, that's whatsoever. W- that's,
2: that's I've always found that off-putting, Dave. For the for the three years that we've been doing this, you've not ever had anything written down. I've usually got wads of paper because I can't remember anything. So uh, let's, yeah. let's let's
0: try a couple of things. Uh, <laughs>
1: how far are Australian house prices from the peak? Uh, in terms of national, yeah. Uh, with the correction, they'll be around about ninety no. percent. Oh, sorry. If I say from the peak, yeah. Oh, sorry. That's that, <laughs> that, that, that's that's from that's from the last trough. Um, so. From the peak, uh, we're sitting at uh, about, give or take, just about seven, 72 or 3%, I think, uh, once the figures come out tomorrow from CoreLogic. And what about Sydney? Oh, Sydney's uh, ooh, 12-ish, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Right. Uh, iron ore from the peak. Oh, the recent peak. The recent peak.
0: The $90.28 uh, $90 or, or whatever it hit.
1: Seven, oh, six, 6.7%. Uh S and P.
2: I don't even know this. Oh, in terms of from the peak?
1: <laughs> oh within four percent. I don't know the exact figure of that. I've actually been paying attention. It's about
2: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, without any preparation. Um uh wage price index.
1: Two point three percent per annum.
0: Uh headline inflation?
1: One point eight percent. Core inflation. Uh, it depends on, on which measure you use, 1.75 and decelerating de- <laughs> de- <laughs> de- <laughs> further away from the target. <laughs> Here's
0: <you laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. well, here a good, good question it. for you, is the RBA going to cut rates?
1: Um, it's, li- it's looking that way at the moment. Um, I suggest that they may not necessarily, they've, uh, they've gone and said that they either need a sustained increase in unemployment or no progress in, in reaching their inflation target. They're not reaching their inflation target. Um, GDP growth is uh, confirmed next week to be slowing perhaps even more than what we saw in the September quarter. No, economic theory would uh, suggest that that will start putting upward pressure on uh, on the unemployment rate and downward pressure on inflation. So uh, if you start seeing a few of the uh, the lead indicators for uh, employment market starting to go and soften as well, and we're already seeing that with ANZ job ads um, and in some of the PMI releases as well, if they start becoming more uniform in their weakness, they're going to
2: go. And credit growth was the thing, Paul, I know you want to talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, So it was,
0: that was the, that was the credit growth. So there was two big, we're recording on Thursday. Um, There were two big data releases today. One was CapEx, um, which was a beat. Uh, Objectively from any way you look at it, pretty good news. Um, Great to see businesses investing. Um, But at the same time, um, the RBA released um, credit growth numbers. Uh, Now, the thing that really made me take a sharp intake of breath was uh, in when David filed on it, uh, and I was looking down through the story, and because uh, that was my uh, job for the last six years. Not anymore, uh, <laughs> Correcting my errors. Yeah. <laughs> um, and looking at that, in twenty seventeen, uh, the annual rate of credit growth was six point six percent. Uh, and that is now 4.4%, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rate of credit growth is, is the lowest in some measures. So I think mortgage credit growth
1: is the lowest on record. Yeah, so it's the right? equal lowest on record, give or no, to, 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 to a take. To a rounding, rounding no, no, a couple of decimal points. It's not technically the lowest, but know. Uh, and uh, in, in when you do the 4.4, uh, there's never been a lower figure than that. Would well, just say the lowest since 84? Oh, that was the uh, for the monthly total for housing finance. Still for housing since '84.
2: Okay, so that's I mean, these are these are real things, and and if you go back, okay, let's sort of tweak it back. Yeah, Bill Evans came out with on Thursday afternoon, just before you did the last podcast right. last week with yep. the incredible Ken Vexler, who was amazing, by the way. That was that was one of the best ones that's that's been done. Um, that uh, Ken something that he mentioned was that the RBA. Okay, so, so Bill Evans last week, jump back. Bill Evans last week said, okay, he came out with a bit of a surprise thing, said 50 points of cuts, more or less, I'm rounding. Which you. is a big call. Which uh, is a huge call, yeah, it was a yeah. big call, and, and, and everyone's Thursdays were cancelled at the big banks um, to, to, to try and strategise about what Bill knew on that Thursday or what Bill knew that they were coming out with, and everyone was surprised at what have, what have they missed. Potentially, this is maybe one of the things with regards to credit growth and, and that side that they've missed, but something that Ken mentioned last week was that the RBA chooses maybe not to battle it with with rates, and they choose to battle it with the currency side of things, which I think was a very interesting yep. theory, that Yeah. That, that the battle in the currency. Let market. the currency
0: do the work job yes. on it, yes. and 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 let the, the currency do the work. Which, like uh, so, if you can if you can get it off by two or three yeah. percent just by talking about the fact that right, rates might
2: might then go lower, it may fix then, its own problem.
0: Yeah, you import some inflation and
1: uh, you get some extra investment from overseas I think because that's still, Australia looks cheap.
2: That's a, it's a valid answer. It's a valid, it's a, I think it's a valid side of, of one of the coins.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there's been no sign that they're willing to go and jawbone it. It's, uh, that's been a key thing that I've not, not seen at all in any indication that they actually want to go and see it lower. Um, but Stevens would. Stevens would do it, but Phil Lowe does not appear to be... Potentially, you no. Know, so you know, realistically, if, if they want to go and get a real currency reaction, so we already know we've got a price, one, one cut priced uh, by you know, early next year, fully priced, and then like the risk of a second price. Uh, realistically, unless there's some sort of cataclysmic uh, you know, offshore event, uh, like a major financial disruption or like you no know, uh, major uh, natural disaster or something on those lines that impacts uh, you know, particularly our trading partners, our key trading partners, I can't really see how... We're going to get the currency any lower than what it is at the moment we already have rate cuts priced into markets um, we have commodity prices still relatively high um, obviously the domestic economy there is a lot of signs besides the labor market that it's quite weak um, so realistically i think the next step would be either to go and have another couple of the major banks go and join westpac in cutting rates and if that happens in projecting cutting rates in projecting yeah. in projecting cutting rates and if that happens like no i suggest the rba will because it almost Always has happened in that uh, pattern. Once you've like yeah, lost, you wrote
0: about this uh, earlier in the week. That
1: um... yeah, once 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 you lose like you no know, like the major economists and everything else, and, and the expectation is baked in, it's very difficult for the RBA to go and, and push back against that. You know, that the otherwise becomes self fulfilling. Uh, yeah, otherwise the Australian dollar will, will, will spike if they keep pushing back against no, no, we're not doing it. You'll see the Aussie dollar you know, push higher again. Um, so, it's very difficult for them to go and do it. So, um, in the interim, you know, we start getting some more softer data coming through. And look, next week is going to be a key week with the GDP for Q4 coming out. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of like, you know, key monthly data inputs as well. I wish you were around to go and sub my work. We know uh, when it comes out next <laughs> week, but it's, uh, it's going to be crazy. But uh, that will go a long way in, in, yeah. in figure out, in my mind. At this moment, I think it's more likely than not that they will cut. Um, no, is it going to be in the near term? I think next week would be a really key yeah. week. What is it, 11.30 on Wednesday? 11.30 on Wednesday. Yeah, okay. So I'll probably it, be watching a Bond
2: movie or, you know, <laughs> kicking a, a ball with my... yeah. yeah. Enjoying, <laughs> enjoying the sunshine. I think yeah. It's probably, yeah, just, yeah, just whatever comes up. Yeah, there's a per capita <laughs> yeah. recession and now yeah. we're all, everyone's going
1: to be Googling per capita recession to I'm see just, what it means. I won't be. Yeah. Yeah. All you're, you're, going you're, to be,
2: I'll, I'll, send, I'll send Paul a text and just go, what are you up to? He's just going, I'm just between... Uh, Octopussy and Thunderball, you know, <laughs> just, just working the way through. At least, at least, at least,
1: Paul was employed in uh, in the fourth quarter of last year, so he can say that he wasn't adding to productivity uh, during that period of time. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm given the amount of output this man does, I suggest the uh, March quarter uh, no GDP figures uh, are going to be very, very soft from a productivity perspective. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he ain't yeah.
2: contributing to the old GDP <laughs> the next
1: yeah, month, no. um, You know,
0: I, I'm worried. For me, uh, the the story today the data today on credit demand uh, is the one that worries me that's the one that uh, I said to you earlier Dave um, that after reading it that um, this is the story that is uh, that has changed my mind um, on what's uh, what's happening because it, that for, for mortgage demand to go from 6.6 percent growth to 4.4 percent growth right? sounds like, you know, it's 220 basis points, right? So, but that's actually something
1: like a 25%. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't confuse it, it's just, it's not necessarily... 25% fall in demand. Yeah, right? yeah. no, but, it's, but see, it's, it's not demand per se. It's the flow, it's, sorry, sure, it's, sure. It's, it's, it's the growth in the stock of, uh, of credit. So yeah. whilst undoubtedly- Because people are borrowing less as well, right? So- yep. um, But undoubtedly in the past, no, no, over the past uh, sort of 18 months, up until like say probably the last six, no, undoubtedly, in my opinion, it was all being driven by supply. You know, we saw the Banking Royal Commission was announced, obviously, you know, some bad stuff came out. You no, know, lending standards were being tightened by APRA. That all had the flow-on effects of tightening credit. You no, know, the supply of getting loans out much more time, much more thorough inspection of household expenses to go and make sure that you know, the borrowers who are seeking to go and, and, and take credit on, you know, can repayment. But then you've got to look at it from the other side of the perspective now. So we've got widespread expectation that house prices are falling, you know, I like, you know most people out there think that it's going to keep falling. So are you going to go and be willing to borrow now and then buy and then not really be certain about what the housing market's going to do, how far it was for people? No, nobody wants to catch a falling knife. Yeah. Right? So, so you're seeing like, you have seen like, no, obviously, you, know, you the clearest indication to me that demand is starting to go and, and be one of the major driving forces now is that you see the flow of credit. So housing finance, the number of new owner-occupier loans that are coming through. While some of that may reflect people have just abandoned, you know, having the, uh, you know, wanting to go and borrow because they know that they won't get finance, it also suggests to me that there's, there's quite a lot of people who are sitting back now going, hey, look, it's a buyer's market, but no. Heck, I'm not in the mood to go and buy at this point in time. Let's go and see when property prices start to bottom out, and then we might go and, and come back in. Yeah. A uh, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a master class in
0: uh, supply and demand and um, behavioral economics. Uh, just there in that last minute. Pretty pretty amazing, Dave. it's one of the things I'm going to miss. That's right. They come uh, for the
2: Colgo, they stay for the Scut.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about uh, on this show, and I said this... To you both in a sort of cursory way uh, this week. Why don't we talk about you know some of the things that we've all learned about uh, money, uh, or things that you know people look at us, well. You guys are, you know are around money and you see it and there's you know insane you know numbers you know seven eight uh, uh, digit figures are completely run-of-the-mill.
2: Yeah, shifting uh, telephone numbers over here, cargo, mate, every day. Yeah, go. yeah, go
0: yeah, yeah. block trades, the yeah, whole yeah, lot, right, yeah, going yeah. through. Um, so let's just, I, I thought it would be, because I sometimes get asked this question, what should I know about money? What should I know about markets? Um, and to go back to those really simple things that you um, think people, how, how you respond in, in those situations. Yeah, go
2: on. Well, been-
0: so the one for me yep. is assets versus income. Uh, and I think one of the things that people struggle to understand is that you can earn a lot of income but never get rich. Yeah. The thing that makes people genuinely rich is assets because they own the assets which earn other income which continues to pay them, and then the really smart, clever people have multiple assets that keep paying them income, which they then reinvest in more assets. It's, it's the
2: difference between being rich and being wealthy, and, and that was, that's something that was described to me of, of, you can walk around a lot of places and see a lot of rich people, that's great, and, but you don't see any real wealth behind it. and and real wealth is having not only a diversified portfolio, anyone can have a diversified portfolio, you can buy one ETF and have a a diversified portfolio, but a truly diversified portfolio is outside of that regular, um, the the regular one stream, where if the stock market falls over, you're still gonna be okay, because you are truly diverse in, in your investments, in your actual, take for example your bond investments, but also different companies that you've invested in directly and Outside of outside of just buying a small part of it that's listed on the stock market.
0: So it's one of the things that I, um, it drives me uh, a little bit crazy. Uh, it's one of the reasons that we've had several special uh, editions of the show focused specifically on fixed income. Yeah. That like relative to the rest of the world, Australians are massively underexposed to uh, fixed income products in their uh, retirement savings. Um, so. Uh, if you look at a European country, typically they tend to have something like 30 or 40 percent. Uh, if you look at the whole universe of retirement savers, 30 or uh, 40 of, percent of their allocations tend to be in fixed income, where that fixed income is producing a return of, call it 3 percent, right, or 2 percent. Um, but the thing about that money is it's protected. You are going to get it back. It's in like weapons grade bonds, yeah. um, right, which is are always going to be returned to you.
1: You'd hope so, unless unless it's yeah. high, unless it's high yield junk, and then an yeah, uh, Italian bank. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it's, yeah, but, which is slightly different from you know the, the the hybrids market or something on this one, where if a sure. bank if a bank misses its capital adequacy, then sort of it, it, things change. But I mean, government bonds. But that's when that's back when government so bonds were actually investable; that you could actually try and get a return from them. But until so, yeah, that becomes the case again,
0: but so so this call it, yes, so some of it will be six or seven percent. Like bond, like kind of risky, riskier. But some of it will be um, will be a government bond. Uh, back in Australia, our typical uh, fixed income allocation tends to be about twenty or low, lower. Um, now, if we had, because one of the things that's crowding that out is equity allocations, particularly to domestic equities, right? And I think if people had parked their money in safer vehicles, right, so where, you know, good companies with solid returns where you're getting paid 4% cash, 5% cash, and then, you know, and just a little bit more in their portfolios, um, and a little bit less in domestic equities, then we wouldn't be having this, like, absolutely crazy conversation that we're having at the moment about franking dividends, double taxation, am I, uh, like, a part of the company, Um, If I'm a shareholder, you know, like this, you know, and I I feel definitely for people who are, who have had a retirement plan, which is involving, you know, having those franking dividends and those checks getting written to them. Um, But it is wild that we are having this conversation in this country about, you know, how do you get double taxed on a thing? And it's just, you know, you know. And we end up with this thing of old people getting sent $15,000 a year in the mail. Like, why are we having a crack at these people for that? Like, I mean, it feels to me like such a marginal issue when there's so many things well, uh, that, you know, need to be addressed with public policy. Now, I, un- I also understand the fiscal argument for it. Like, it's a little bit crazy that we have this thing that you can continue
2: we're, to get sent cheques for doing
0: nothing.
1: We're not doing the franking credit conversation in this one. Everybody. No, no, I've got no desire to make this politicised. I'm not a very political person at the best of times. Right, but, moving on. But no. <laughs> but there's there's two cults in Australia when it terms, in terms of asset classes in my opinion. One is stocks yep. and one is housing. Yeah. Now the common link is that the tax incentives to invest in those two particular asset classes are miles more appealing to the average investor sure. than it would be for sure. you know, other asset classes. So. Cash, you know, if you're uh, if you're getting uh, an, an uh, income that's paid, uh, no, to you in a, no, from a pay-as-you-go situation, uh, you'll be taxed at your uh, your marginal tax rate. Um, if you're, you know things on those lines, so I don't blame people for like you no know, being putting money into those particular asset classes. And this is where the this debate is all going is like you no know, beyond just the political side of things. Is it the safe thing to go and have so much of our money tied up? in housing and stocks at this point in time? Oh, and one of the things I, um,
0: somebody um, put it to me, I think very eloquently, um, which is, you know, like, so we're, we're constantly having this conversation in this country about, uh, like we talked about the, the capex data earlier, mentioned it briefly, but like basically ca- ca- capital investment, right? So, but that so much of risky capital is locked up in houses. Which are hard to trade out of. Um, you've got a small amount of buyers for uh, for that asset if at, at any given moment in time. Um, and it's Joanne Masters, who's um, now the chief economist at um, uh, Ernst and Young uh, uh, Oceana, um, and she's like, what a great uh, get for for EY. Um, so. Um, but she would always say that like, the housing market is a market within a market, within a market, within a market. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, this stuff goes really, there's multiple layers of this. Um, but a lot of people's money is locked up in a house
1: um, and, um, because it's been so rewarding for so many years. Yeah, and that's um, not that's not necessarily do? a bad thing. It's um, I don't think for owner occupiers owning a home is you know, fantastic. It's uh, I know in the NAB Wellbeing Survey today, uh, housing once again was deemed to be the most important aspect. Um, in terms of your well-being, from an Australian perspective, so that that ranks ahead of personal safety, your health, your family members and friends. It's your house that uh, that makes people feel like the, the best about their well-being. That's right. Yeah, people will lose about, friends I, I, rather I, than but, lose their but house. But I, I think I think I think where there's discussion from the housing perspective is more so around the uh, the investor side of things, In um, particular, not so much the investors who like maybe have one or two investment properties, but those who would not be leveraging up upon leveraging a pop like no, yeah, sure. with, with, with countless properties, um, whether that's necessarily a good thing to do, particularly
2: when you're involving leverage uh, in, a, in a market. Yes, provided you can actually afford your shelter, then it has its right It's right ranking on is it Laszlo's hierarchy of Maslow's Maslow Laszlo Abraham Abraham Maslow. No, actually, I'm talking about Laszlo from the pub who has his own hierarchy, (laughs) (laughs) and he's a good guy, and he knows what he's talking about. Is that the one
1: with Wi-Fi at the top of needs?
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Wi-Fi at the bottom. Then then food and shelter. So me me and Laszlo Laszlo were putting together a pyramid of needs. Okay, no, but okay, so Maslow, fine, very nice. Okay, uh, the. As long as you can actually afford that particular part of the pyramid, then yeah, it's fantastic. But as soon as you can't, then all of a sudden it becomes a very great deal of stress for you and and your entire family. You get a couple of tweaks. So this is the the market inside the market inside the market, where something that that doesn't really have anything to do with housing suddenly impacts the price of your house. And then it impacts your price on... On everything, and then well, all sudden- it impacts
0: your, your willingness to like take other risks in life, and um, you know, order that pizza that you're you're, you're thinking about ordering. Which brings me,
2: than- which brings me to my my two theories of my two theories of money, and 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 just with regards to economies and looking at them, since this is what we're talking about.
0: I think these are good. Uh, okay. And um, uh, uh, on the, the in the live show we did at the Ivy in November, you touched
2: of- on on one of these, I think. Thing? The thing. the theory of stuff. I've got the theory of stuff and I mentioned, I mentioned the theory of thing as well. So I've got the theory of stuff and I've got the theory of thing. Theory of stuff is what we were talking about here, which is that economies are built on people, hopefully young people, usually young people, getting together, hooking up, buying a house, having a few kids, filling it with furniture, doing all those things. Maybe getting into a bit of debt because that keeps you healthy and it keeps you working and it keeps you alive. Um, you know and it's manageable but that's how economies are are, are built and unless and unless young people are are hooking up and getting together and buying a little place somewhere and then filling it with stuff that's the stuff that's the theory of stuff if you're not doing that then your economy is not growing at all and that brings me to Japan which is where people aren't getting together and no new babies are being born it's it's, it's aging yeah right yeah so so and that's that's the theory of stuff and that's how economies that's how economies continue to thrive and continue to be strong. And if you can't take that risk of buying that little house and filling it with stuff or, or, or asking that guy out you know that, that maybe that'll be the one and people aren't, and everyone's contracting, then that's bad for an economy.
0: When you talk about the theory of stuff, um, I mean, it's a like, cute name for basically the consumption
2: part that's of, <laughs> of GDP. 90% of my job is just making things, <laughs> making things. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's just basically a consumption,
0: Some consumption part of the economy, right? So, yeah. which is, um, and it's right, um, you know, like we talk about the Crane Index uh, for a reason, you know, like the more cranes that you have, and we had an explosion of them in, in Sydney during the property
2: boom. Oh, I could do um, my Craig James impersonation anytime time you like. I could talk about the cranes as I was coming into, into Melbourne. Oh, please go ahead. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so it's, yeah, and he, and he come in and basically, I, and I love, I love Craig, I really do, and I've been aching to do my Craig James impersonation for a long time. No, as I was as I was coming in off the air, I, I, I flew in from Tullamarine, and I, and I came in, and there was eighty three cranes that I could see on the horizon. So obviously, the the business is booming, and the economy is absolutely going sensationally, and and, and there's never been a better time to be. in it. It's like, okay, that's great. That's maybe, so maybe maybe that's not exactly what eighty three cranes on the horizon sure. tells you in Melbourne. But what does it tell you? There's, there's different stories about the crane index, right? Yeah, sure. Well, there's also the infrastructure question. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's, also, there's also an oversupply, structure, an oversupply well, question, right? Which yeah, is yeah, that. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. great. Okay, you are going to have a
0: massive yeah, overhang here with um, uh, the amount of apartments that are going to come onto the market if yeah. you've got like all of those cranes. So uh, if you've got just the right amount of cranes in the sky, call it a number, right? But it's not 83. Um, it's less than eighty three in Melbourne, Slightly less. Um, but you've got buildings going up, and they're going to need again stuff to be filled with. They're, everybody's going to need an iron. Everybody's going to need a washing machine. Everybody's going to need a TV. Everybody's going to, you know,
2: provided a sofa. they get bought, and yeah. provided they get bored and actually people, people don't just throw away their deposit and, and not get through with it. There's, there's there's a lot of these little tweaks that are in there on, uh, on that. The and the other theory that I've got is theory of the theory of, uh, the, theory of thing, the theory of things. once and this is this is more to do with and if you want this to lead into a conversation about the media and your and your importance in this side of things the theory of things um, is something that I've, I've been working on for a bit but also comes in with there was a time 10 years ago and this is before the GFC when only a certain sector of the market received really good information and everyone else was sort of flying Sure. relatively blind I'm very interested to hear where this goes so it's something that I was cooking up and I was I was asked this on uh, I, I, did, I did the radio for a, another another thing the other day and they asked me it again, was Bloomberg wasn't it, it was Bloomberg yes the the and they asked me on the spot they asked me about okay so yield curves are inverting again what do you what is it what does it mean and immediately there was a time when 10 years ago 15 years ago Yield curve inverts, and then, OK, so there's going to be a recession after it. But now, the difference in the information that everybody gets, that, that general market participants get, and this is, this is still... This is, it's, it's, it's always a theory, um, that the information that, that happens, that once it becomes a thing that is talked about, that is on everyone's forefront, that is on everyone's radar, especially with the people who are talking to government and the central banks with more importance than ever and everything that they do, that once it becomes a thing... It stops. Once it
0: works its way into the media, basically.
2: Effectively, yeah. yeah. It's 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 in the general vernacular. Mm-hmm. Then it stops being. It's priced in. Yeah, or it, it, it definitely stops being, it stops being an unknown unknown. And it starts being a known unknown, and then it starts just being, then bang, it's a, it's a known known. So, okay, bond yields, and then and then all of a sudden, everyone was freaking out about bond yields inverting. Oh, the, 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 was it the two tens, two tens invert? Two tens or five tens? I've had a blank. Sorry. Uh, parts of the U.S. curve. Inverted. It depends. Yeah, there's the, curve's a the, over the, the, the place. The, the, so everyone's got a different thing. But the two tens, it's the two, tenths, two right? tens. Two tens haven't inverted. They're close to it, but yeah. they haven't inverted. Yet. And so okay, so when they invert, the world ends. It's like no, that's not how it works. And then, uh, that's what everyone was saying. No, in fact, when they invert, historically there's an average of eighteen months until the market, uh, until there is a recession, and then even after that, markets will look through the other side of a recession and they'll look to the other side of it. So and off but, you go, yeah. Yeah, but there was a time when, that, when, the, when everyone was talking about bond yields inverting that I was going back to when I was in my first job in 2005, and, oh, bond yields are inverting, this could be a real situation, we could be in trouble back then, people were talking about it then for some reason. Uh, what does it mean? And it was just like, oh, it means that there's gonna be a recession. That was just it. There's gonna be a recession if yields invert. Now, it's, it's different because there are
0: there's a conversation now a conversation. To, 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 to your to your point about the theory of a thing. Mm. Um, it's the yield curve inversion is so well known now. It is like, yeah. Does one thing necessarily have to? Not if not if um, it's right there in the
2: forefront of central banks and 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 general policy exactly. makers. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. They're being yeah, told yeah, yeah. if this if this happens and if this happens, then what are you going to do about it? Yeah. As opposed to well, we just sort of let it happen and. Well, good luck, everyone. Yeah. And there's a very small number so of people who are on the edge. So there's a market signal that says
0: there is going to be a recession, fiscal sim-
1: stimulus time, or a rate cut time, or whatever it is. Take a pick. Yeah, fiddle around with the FX, more QE, balance sheet. Yeah, management. no one's yeah. no one's fighting inflation around the world at the moment, or less, less in uh, Venezuela or, or like, But yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're fighting disinflationary forces or deflationary forces uh, in some places. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what their main main task is. So. You no know, policy makers, whilst you know, monetary policy is being close to exhausted in some places. Obviously, you can do unlimited, but then you start getting down the, the rabbit hole in terms of like, you no, know, we're going to start dropping money out of the sky. But, you know, it's, it's difficult. To, obviously, the shape of the curve has told messages in the past. Obviously, we've had QE uh, in this era where that never existed in the past. So there's so much uncertainty as to what's going on. Um, you suspect that when they're not, not fighting inflation, it's really unlikely that they're going to go and tighten things to such a degree that it's going to be like a, a central bank-led uh, error. We saw that with what Powell did and the Fed have done in- uh, a yeah, policy in, error, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in earlier this year where they, they saw that they, they, were, they were super hawkish, and then finally like, they got their message, hang on, we're not fighting inflation that's going way above target and everything else. Um, we, we, the markets are giving us a clear signal. They went and pulled back. And I think that's an example can of what I, I might
0: can see. I, can I point out um, it, that if you listen back to the Christmas specials, so we did three Christmas specials together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, three of us with, uh, with Joe Masters and Laura Fitzsimmons. Um, and Laura, if you, uh, like in January, I went and listened back to it. So after the Fed did everything it did in December, and we recorded that show a few days before it. If you go back and listen to it, what she says about the Fed, I mean talk about laser precision. She she picked it, she, she picked it. As we would mile. say on the floor, she picked it like a dirty nose. Like it was. <laughs> if you listen, you know, so I only got back to listening to it in uh, in January, and but uh really like if you go back and listen to that, like now there is a strategist, right? Yes, yeah, she's there very is, sharp. like knows everything about how everybody's positioned. And where where the Fed is exactly in its own sort of you know, management, uh, its own policy position. So
1: She's a very intelligent girl, obviously. And, uh, and super smart. And and yeah. the thing was that the house their house severe I mean, was I think four hikes at the time and I kinda of remember the conversation, um just saying like, no, I think I think four hikes is like unrealistic, uh, may, maybe one. Um, and so we'll see what happens later in the year, but certainly it doesn't look like there's gonna be any you know, four hikes now, like it would be something <laughs> very unusual. If the Fed wanted to go and bring on a recession, I suspect they'd be doing four
2: hikes this year. Yeah, I, I've, got a question. I've got a question for the floor. Sure. What role does the central bank, i.e. the Fed, have with regards to markets? Is it, is it the Federal Reserve's job to make sure that the stock market is sound it's their it's their
1: mandate to go in full employment and inflation at the at target level yep that's what their mandate is. It's got if, nothing if, to do with what the if, markets if, do. If, no, but if something was to go and disrupt that view, including a massive negative wealth effect from you know, huge declines in, uh, in equity markets and everything else, then I think there is grounds for them to go and, and come in. Yes, you know, we're all annoyed at uh, you know, the, the Fed put you know that's been you know, rolled out, the ECB put, BOJ put over the years, but that's unfortunately in this situation where we have a very slow anemic recovery from the GFC and wealth uh, has been one of has been one of the few things that has gone and maybe to keep things ticking over a little bit.
2: What wealth though? What wealth mate? Like
1: what's pa- like it's it's
2: paper wealth. Yeah, you're saying that you're saying that Mike from Milwaukee's four hundred one K suddenly gets detrimented a massive amount because the market teetered on the edge of a bear market temporarily for about twenty minutes just because Powell all of a sudden decided to do the thing that he said he was gonna do when he got put into the chair
1: mm. the way it was going though do you think it would have stopped at 20 percent if they were
2: continuing to hike at this point i had ambitions for it to go a little lower <laughs> i'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you but i lose <laughs> got that wrong the the uh the, but it's not their job uh, I, I i've never liked the idea of central bank's um not manipulating markets, but definitely keeping an eye on the markets. The, the, the stock market should do what the stock market does because yeah, the companies are doing so it. their job is to manage it.
0: the national economy, but the market, the, 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 like a certain index, like a benchmark index, like the S and P or whatever, is starting to say something or flash a red signal based on what the central bank's policy is. Or an orange signal the, on the their Twitter like account. If, if they induce a, a, a crash in
2: in equities, then you know there's going to be a big problem in the economy. So. There's always been a big problem in the economy ever since ever since the GFC and they QE'd their way out of it. They should have let those banks crash, but anyway, that's just me. I, I reckon they should have laissez faire it. And anyone who says that, anyone who says that, oh, we're not we're not into socialism, over in the states, should look at exactly what was done
0: National,
2: with mass nationalisation, with with, with, with private yes, companies, Yep. bailed everyone out through taxpayer money,
1: yep.
2: save people's jobs, save people's lives, save the economy, through. Through
0: by nationalising companies, but
1: but and not just banks, car companies, da da da. Every, right? so every if they hadn't done those actions at the time, it would have like, been it would have been, a... been a depression. Yeah. I have no I have no doubt that it all. Then be... th- th- that is the cycle uh, that you've honestly, got to go
2: through, David. That's part of that's part I'd, of how economies work. You I'm don't not... have bull markets without corrections. I would, I would, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is getting real. Correct <laughs> Corrections are one thing outside.
1: But but, uh, depression in an economy takes decades to go and recover from. Um, I'd much prefer to go and have mild downturns interspersed with long, elongated periods where there's uh, there's slow and steady growth.
2: Well, you know what you do? I'm sorry to jump in the time machine and we don't have the TARDIS, but they bailed it out because they had had their eyes so far off the ball and allowed it to boil up so much into the GFC that they had to do that. Mm. you know how you make sure that the market is safe you make sure that you keep your eye on the ball and don't let that situation happen again yeah they made a mistake maybe they're making
1: a mistake now but i don't you know, think much has
2: changed G- 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 so.
1: you know in terms of like you know how how the recovery has gone globally since the gsc um, it's been incredibly weak you, know, you you strip the likes of china and india out of the equation it's been absolutely soft it's not been a good recovery by any stretch of the imagination. That's why it's... It, it's the, still, the most
2: why, hated bull market in history or whatever they call yeah, it? Yeah, but
1: uh, no, the alternative situation in my book, you know, you, know, you see people you with know, 20% unemployment rates and everything else. You know, if you want to like, you know, a, a real world situation about what it would have been like, go and look at what was going on in Greece up until recently, and Greece is still in a really they bad state. They should have state. cut Greece from the EU like the rules said that they had to do. Well, that's, that's, that, was, that was more a political decision, but that, that's what the economy would have been like. Youth unemployment was over 50%. So you know, is that the kind of place we want to be there? So yes, the Fed made a mistake and other central banks around the world made mistakes at that time and weren't, uh, weren't focused on imbalances that were building in the economies at the time, in financial markets in particular, in the housing market. But the alternative situation by to go and let everything just collapse uh, and, and seize credit up completely, uh, we, we wouldn't be sitting here enjoying this chat now doing a podcast I dare say you know it would probably be would be ploughing farms <laughs> trying, right? trying to subsist well, then, I'd, I'd, be my, I'd be in my cave somewhere with my, uh, my Smith and Wesson and good. Uh, tin, I think I,
2: tin I, cans I actually I, I think I wrote a few tweets telling people the best direction to point your um, your solar panels um, and, and the right storage The right storage to keep your firearms just in case you get raided and and tins of beans and that sort of thing. Because it was getting really dark. Tin tuna, I'd go for over tin. I have tin tuna for breakfast. It's fantastic. Just in case the GFC hits again. (laughs) Here's a
1: question. Is Doomsday Prepper still a thing? Is is Doomsday Doomsday Prepper still a, a thing? A show It's still on? I don't know if it is, but I have watched a few. It must because I, I remember my, must, it was on Foxtel or something like that back yeah. in the day. But they, maybe it's been cut from uh, from them. But I haven't seen the show for ages. But I always found it interesting that it was just after the GFC that that was when it all like no the super yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. He, we can survive <laughs> three years down here and like I was just like jeez.
0: it's uh, well, and it's also when we got uh, what was it? The Walking Dead came in, you know, the wake of the GFC kind of thing. You can attribute lots of things back to the GFC oh, for sure. Well, uh, uh, go on. Can I quickly talk about one thing? Flat earthers, have you come across these people? There is a documentary on Netflix called uh, Beneath the Curve, I think? Uh, And it is about...
2: Beneath the Dome. dome. Under the Dome or Beneath the Dome?
0: My, like I've watched it three times on and off, like I've, you know, Broken thank you, up into chunks. Yeah, Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Sorry. Um, do do, do, do the you the want a set. microphone, Rick? Rick, Rick <laughs> is, uh, everybody, this is Rick. Rick is the person who makes the show come out every every hello. day. Hello. Um, I was going to say, don't watch it a fourth time because you'll radicalize yourself. yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll start believing it. Um, good hello, by the way. Thank so,
1: you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. Um, maybe <laughs> you be the new, new, new host. That'd be great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my encyclopedic knowledge of business. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so it's a freak out.
0: But this whole thi- like this is one of these things where you you look at it and you go do not let these people anywhere near anything. Right? And the really shocking thing about it is they come across as completely rational and normal. Yeah. And they have they have this whole stack of arguments of why the earth
2: is flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mate, I've got I've got some stuff to say about people like that, but there's just imagine it all just got edited out. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's it.
0: been anti vaxxers, all that kind of yeah, stuff. That's where I one was of the one of the you know, there's all of this weird stuff with you know, flies in the face of rational, you know, conversations. Oh, look. Hello. I got delayed. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, it's Everybody, okay. Georgia has just
2: walked in with some beers, and it's I think okay. this is a really good idea because now, apart from apart from uh, the you, Insada, apart from the, thank you Georgia, apart from the Devils in Details uh, podcast being sponsored by Muffin Break, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to later, I think that also co-sponsored by the good people at Asahi. And Carlsberg. And the good people at Carlsberg too, which is alright. It's helping the GDP. But I've, but I've got to
1: tell everyone who's listening, there's been a rookie error. I'm pretty certain that these aren't twist tops and we don't have an opener. Yeah. She brought
2: me a spoon. A spoon? Well, that'll do. Old school stockbroking, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. My wife thinks that this is a non-drinking week for me as well. So this is one for you, Paul. Oh,
1: thanks, James.
2: <laughs> Looks like it'll be quite a while there to you open that one up. Leave
1: me alone. Yeah. Alright. So moving on. So moving on, yeah, um, so we've got beers, but um,
0: uh, oh, but look, we've got one open, let's okay. start. Um, so uh, we were planning on making this a short show. Carry on. Um, well, we so. can, <laughs> we can wrap it
2: up now. Yeah, <laughs> all right,
0: okay. Cargo, thanks lot, mate, <laughs> see you later. Good <laughs> on you, Cargo, good <laughs> on you. All right. Uh, Actually, do you know what? Like one of those things, it, it's one of those things which is, uh, um, uh, what's that saying from that movie? You know, like, uh, I hate to go, but I'm dying to leave. <laughs> um, you know, so or uh, you know, I hate to leave, but I'm dying to go. Oh. Uh, you know, I've really got to be somewhere. Um, I got questions about the media.
2: Oh, sure, you can fire away very quickly. The emergence of the, the way that digital has moved so quickly, so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's it meant for us? I mean, just go with our side of the world. Don't talk about everything else that's going yep. on. But what, just with regards to our side of the world, we touched on it before about the theory of thing, which is which is how all of a sudden. More regular people and more regular mid-tier brokers and regular anyone has access to know what's going on at any time. Yep. Um, How have you contributed to that? What does it mean?
0: So uh, this was basically unstoppable. Um, so there was, there's, there's two parts to it. I think there was uh, obviously intranet uh, was the first part. Yeah. Um, but then the second thing was the arrival of smartphones. Yeah. And uh, that was... The jump that um, that put the internet in every single person's hand everywhere around the clock no matter how much money you have you know there was no wealth barrier to it because you can get these things on really cheap plans 36 months pay 20 30 bucks a month uh, and you've got a device in your hand which has which delivers you access to more information than uh, has ever been known to, uh, anybody.
2: And everyone, everyone becomes. Right?
0: Now, there's a couple of things that have been bad about that. One is that, um, there's this insatiable demand, uh, and we touched on this, if, um, if you're listening and you haven't gone back and listened to this before, if you're maybe, you've come into the, listen to, to Devils and Details in the last few months, Go back and listen. Find the episode with Mark Texter, mm. right, where uh, he talks about this in great detail, uh, and he puts it far more eloquently uh, in and in terms of its impact on the political sphere um, than uh, than I can. But I was listening back to it recently, and uh, it, he talks about how the speed of how people get information. Uh, has become, uh, is starting to distort politics. And areas where there was previously consensus on a whole lot of policy um, are areas for division, right? So there are areas where people are more divided. Um, I mean, I saw Karen Phillips, uh, sorry, Karen um, Phelps Phelps, um, uh, tweeting this week having a crack at uh, Dave Sharma for, for, for saying that he was, he was pro climate change. I mean, like really, I mean, Phelps is clearly, you know, on the side of, we need to do something on climate change. And then she attacked him for having a position where he was like, I kind of accept the signs of global warming. And she was kind of saying, well, you should have joined a different party.
2: That doesn't work I mean, that way.
0: That's just, just like, I mean, this is just unnecessary. Right? Like, what is the point of that? And I think there's a lot of things that happen at the moment now in terms of information transfer. One is, people will say things, take any position, if they think it'll get retweets, right? Um, I'm going to say this because lots of people will retweet it. Now, really? like. Is that going to take us in a, you know, is that a sensible way to Does anyone it? care about,
2: a, about taking humanity into a sensible direction? And, a, a and also, the Not numbers... It sounds, yeah, that just sounded old, didn't it? You know, 200 retweets,
0: you know, right? There are 11 and a half, 12 million people working in jobs in Australia, right? And you know, 200 retweets, great job, right? I got 3,000 likes on that thing. Right? There are towers down in the north end of Sydney that have twice that amount of people working in them, right? You've got 3,000 likes on a tweet, good for you, right? You know, down here, look at that. That's one tower and 6,000 people working in it, right? So, you know, I, I just think that the metrics of some of this digital stuff have become, have really distorted how people think, how politics works, um, but when it comes to finance as well, um, I think it's easier for flat Earth f- theories to allow me to make this sound like it's cogent, and I'm actually going somewhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> flat the Earth the theory as a metaphor for th- things like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and there are lots and lots of people. You can find them anywhere who will tell you who, and who have been saying the same thing about the Australian economy for twenty years, and mark to market, they have been. Wrong. wrong, busted. If they were managing their own
1: money, they'd be bankrupt. Yeah. They still get quoted by certain segments of the media. I'm not going to go and name, name which publications or which journalists, but I certainly know from my world that, uh, that serial offenders when it comes to being perma bears or perma bulls get so much airtime by selected uh, groups. And obviously they're trying to go and push an agenda rather than just
2: being centrist. Well, look, Two hundred retweets is um, is pretty good, but all I know is that we received eleven thousand, over eleven thousand listens to our Christmas special. <laughs> and oh, oh, if oh. if we have done anything, it is it has moved humanity a little bit a little bit further forward through the work that we have done, through through yeah. this poll. Yeah, and we didn't buy into the typical um, sort of let's fight about
0: you know like who's up, who's down, and let's talk about you know. Bramble's results. I mean, seriously, the one thing I learned really, really quickly in this job is that anybody who talks about individual stocks all the time um, is deeply on serious. You know why? not there's worth a
2: your time. 50% chance that you're wrong by the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. So and that's yeah. that. Um, I think we've done good things, Paul. I think oh. that you two have done good
0: things. Thank you. Uh, I, I Thank you. Um, uh, it has been an absolute treat. I need to say lots of thanks. Big t- uh, up to Rick, uh, who everybody got to meet earlier on.
2: Hold on, oh, well, special you, Rick. input there, sorry. The Yeah, comments. Rick
0: is here every week, and he cuts the show, and then he waits for me to do a few things with it, and like. Um, and Rick's busy; he's got a job, a uh, family, you know. And then he does this as well, um, and uh, he puts out a great show all the time, and. Um, uh rick uh, you're you're a great guy so um, you know when i say you know the show is produced by rick salter uh that we'll is, catch you next time yeah, yeah we'll yeah, catch yeah, you yeah, next yeah, time yeah. so uh but also um to my uh, uh incredible co-host uh david scott um person who i um turn to for so many things uh mate what a privilege it has been not doing just this show but working with you um for the last
1: few years and likewise uh, right mate you have uh, you've done a spectacular job know uh, no one sees the nuts and bolts of how this uh, how this industry works and how dedicated uh, Paul is to his job. But uh, I can assure you, uh, for every bit of dedication that I have to what I do and, and my craft and and trying to be the best I can be, Paul exceeds me in every aspect. And you no, know, just to go and cap it off, you no, know, produces an absolutely wonderful podcast that uh, you know each uh, each week is uh, now sitting at the top of the uh, the iTunes uh, Business Australia uh, uh, chart. So it's testament to uh, you know, we're we're called co-host but realistically mate you are the host and uh you know the fact that we've uh, we've got to where we are yeah speaks but speaks volumes
0: well I, I can never um i think the 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 great thing about this stuff is uh, is teamwork um and i think your uh, command of detail and everything and I, I will never forget the time you almost climbed over the table at scott morrison um when <laughs> i think you were there for that rick weren't you yeah um <laughs>
1: when <laughs> <'Cause
2: he's static. laughs> are
0: you talking about the housing market that um, no, was
1: it. Was the labour market?
0: It was the labour market, and he said, oh, "Yeah, the labour market's fine." And David was like, "No, it's not." It's not. And he said,
2: "No, but it is." <laughs> and,
0: no. And David said, "But it's not." David said, studio, "He said, I'm sorry." That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> and like, uh, and I
2: saw Dave's eyes open wide, like you know, saucers. <laughs> I was like, yeah. sit back. I was like, well, what's in, this? In, Mr. In, Mr. Treasurer, you don't mess around with David Scott. I'm sorry, you need to step back. <laughs> in, in the in the, near, in the
1: near term, I I stand by my call that the uh, the labour market was not tightening by the time. Yeah, you know, he was specifically referring to the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate had gone and moved up for two two months in a row, and um, I took. Uh, had a bit of a dispute as to whether the labor market was really giving signals it was tightening. Look, that's since changed. so uh, the Treasurer, now Prime Minister, got, uh, got that one right. But uh, certainly from that, uh, that, that period of time, I thought, uh, no, I had enough of porky pies from politicians. So, no, me be me. Just uh, thought I'd go and say what I thought. Freedom Look. of the
2: press, baby. Freedom of the press. And
1: very, very well done. Um, so it has been a privilege. Um, uh, thank you,
0: everybody. Um, uh, you've been listening to the Devils in Details podcast from <laughs> Business Insider Australia. Uh, you can find us on the web at businessinsider.com.au. We're on Twitter at B-I-A-U-S. We're also on Twitter individually at Colgo, uh, at Scotty, and uh, James Willem from VFS group, Um Yes, uh, James, James
2: Whelan 42
0: James at James Whelan 42 you can uh, look up uh, VF, VFS Group a uh, very interesting boutique uh, fund manager um, based in uh, Darlinghurst here in Sydney the show is produced by Rick Salter need to say a big thank you to um, our sponsors and our um, uh, colleagues here on the commercial side There's a whole bunch of things like anything a whole bunch of people who, who make uh, shows like this happen uh, so we will catch you next time